Welcome, everybody. I'm Bethany. And I'm Crystal. And you're listening to The Bomb Decom. And yes. And today we're talking about the 1997 movie, the original, Under Wraps. Under Wraps. The original, which is not on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. None of the premieres that we've searched up, so, or that we've been doing so far, have been on Disney+. Plus. I don't think. And it makes sense to me for me with the premieres, because mm-hmm. the premiere films are kind of like their oh, own thing. right. But this, but this is, is a, a decom. decom, baby. Yeah, you're right. It's the first decom. And I think it's because they remade it. But I'm like, that's so shady. Yeah. It absolutely is like in with the old, out with the, or in with the new, out with the old. We're just going <laughs> to remove this yeah. from our catalog. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like kind of excited and scared to watch the reboot. New one. Yeah. And there's a two. So a sequel. So yes. Which like, I'm like I kind of hate that because it, be? it ends so perfectly. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I, I don't know what's next in the sequel, but we gonna find out. We gonna find out. We gonna find out. Wait, should we, well, did we decide that we're gonna watch them in sequence? Like we're gonna watch I think so, yeah. Okay. So yeah. up next is the reboot, mm-hmm. and then after that is Under Wraps the 2. Sequel. So, But I I mean, we're going to do initial thoughts now, but I will just jump off since we're kind of on topic, where I think this is a perfect decom. This is it. I hate that they remade it, because I cannot imagine that they've in any way improved upon it. I don't think so. They really couldn't. It was the perfect amount of cheesy, just like innocent child like shenanigans, you know? I mean, yes. albeit... In a creepy setting. It was a Halloween movie, but yeah, I just feel like this is probably what it would have been like if I had also found and accidentally reanimated a 3,000 year old mummy with my friends. So, nah, those kids are way too chill way too soon. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> he was friendly. What do you mean? He was friendly. He, they did a good job of making him immediately endearing. I will give yeah. you that. But. I just, I don't know. If I'm being realistic, <laughs> I don't know that I could have gotten past my feelings. <laughs> I think I would have been like, oh, he's nice. Let's keep him. And I can see you being like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> I mean, okay. So like if I were Bruce, the grown up that they bring into it and the oh, kids right. have already kind of vetted him, mm-hmm. like he's a good guy, I'd get on board. Yeah. But like initial meeting, you're like, six foot five you're <laughs> coming at me in a way that i now know isn't scary but it has scared me yeah i i don't know and you stink real bad i'm right struggling. i want to know what that mummy yeah. smell is like i mean just like a I'm whip i don't want to like yeah, yeah i'm just really a little curious yeah yeah i went to this so drag show they really do i went to this drag show on saturday and it smelled really bad in there and i kind of picture it like that <laughs> Oh, no. And that smell I will describe as like a high school um, locker room smell. Oh, that's not what yeah. I want when Which I'm is, enjoying a drag show. Yeah. And the drag, I don't want to get too off topic, but the drag show in concept is really cool. But the mm. production value, I say this is like a theater nerd. The production value was real shit. But also Silas said that and he's not a theater nerd. So. Oh, okay. And so he was like. Really was. I, real shit yes and he was like it was so cool in concept i really wish that we could get a drag show that had high production value mm. and like had like really good funding i'm like that would be really fucking cool so that would be but cool. anyway it was in this dinky theater that smelled like locker room <laughs> high school locker room 
he probably does smell like that. Our mummy friend. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. Um, I want to mm-hmm. point out really quickly that one of the main friends in the friend group, Amy, I didn't realize this was the same girl from True Confessions, Clara oh, Bryant. Yeah. She yeah. is Shia LaBeouf's older sister in True Confessions, which such a good, I can't wait for us to get to that one because that one is so good. Oh my God. You said it's so what? So good. <laughs> oh, I hate like, True Confessions. Oh. I think it's a dumpster fire of a film. <laughs> Oh my I really God. do. I really True do. I like touched my heart. I feel like I remember it so vividly. It really No, that me. movie was honestly traumatic. It was a traumatic watch for me. Really? Yeah, no, I it, it, I think I was also just like not I think I was. I definitely was too sensitive of a child, which is ironic because oh. I'm not a particularly sensitive adult. And <laughs> that movie just made me so sad. And it, it really me upset too. me. Yeah. The idea, and I mean, I didn't really, I went to a Catholic school most of my life, so there wasn't really any special ed program. Therefore, I didn't really mm. get to interact with many people that would be mm. um, considered in that, or labeled that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I keep hearing my, like, dog crying. Oh my god, you have two children now. Yeah. Do you need to go check it out? Please do. Oh, I see some movement no. back there. What's that? That's your new baby right there! Oh yeah, that's Bay. He, she's playing with some article of clothing. Anyway, she's Bay. fine. Um, oh my God. So, so I think it just like the idea that those kids were so mean to him. I don't yeah. know if that's realistic or not, but it like to me at the time it was unfathomable that some kids would treat this person this way, mm-hmm. and it like broke my heart. Oh yeah, I mean it did break my heart too, but. The like what sticks out to me most is just how she stuck up for him, but it that wasn't realistic at all to my you know public school experience. I feel like anyone who had any sort of you know learning um, disabilities, I'm not even sure how to really classify the special ed class, but anyone who was in that class, like we, it was no big deal. Like they were just mm-hmm. another student. Like nobody was like picking on them particularly or saying anything to or about them, you know, they were just another part of the school, another part of our student body. So, yeah, that's um, what I would hope for. But this movie made, I mean, I just remember that scene where they all spit in his hat. Yeah. And put it on. His and head. I, it sticks with me. Yes. Yeah. And I also just thought Shia LaBeouf was such a weird choice for that role. Uh, I did not like that. Actually. Yeah. When I think back on it now, I feel like, you know, there are other actors who actually relate to this and could could have played that role and not Shia. Um, but at yeah. the time, I was all in it, baby. I was emotionally just my heart was in that movie. They they reached into my chest and and grabbed it and never let go. Well, I'm glad to I hear still that. I still love it. I'm happy to hear that. I like was literally talking to Stephanie the other day about this movie and I was saying how much I hated it and she's like, Yeah, me too. Dang. But I'm glad someone did like it. And I don't know many, I haven't asked many people about it. So a lot of people might like it. We might be the minority for sure. But I don't know. Sia LaBeouf was such a comedic actor at that time. And I understand he might've been trying to like enter the dramatic world, but it's kind of like Ashton Kutcher did that movie, The Butterfly Effect. And it flopped Mm -hmm. because like people did not want to see Ashton Kutcher in a serious role. 
Yeah, I feel that. And I felt that way about Shia LaBeouf. Like when I saw the trailer at first, I was like, is this like some fucked up joke? Because I just couldn't place him in this dramatic role. And yeah. then I, as I watched the trailer, I'm like, no, this is like legitimate. But I just like couldn't get past it. I feel that. I mean, Lewis on Even Stevens is like the epitome of slapstick, you know, wild, like wild antics. So yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I fell right into it. I, I was all about it. I hear you. Well, today we're talking about Under Wraps, Under which we Raps. both agree is a great movie. So yes, excellent let's movie. Kick it off. All right, I do want to um, just put out this trigger warning that there are spiders in the opening credits. I think they're plastic spiders, to be honest. And I might just be being dramatic, but it was a jump scare for me. It freaked me out. I'm highly arachnophobic, so just in case anyone else is, be prepared for that. But anyway. Um, I literally, yeah, we, if you'd asked me, sorry, if you'd asked me if there were spiders at all at any point in this movie, I would have 100% guaranteed no. I oh did God. not notice them at the beginning at all. Like, that's how little note I took of them. I would love to be in that mindset. I don't like how much spiders bother me, but there were at least six or seven spiders crawling I mean, around it's me in the opening credits. It, so. it, it troubled me. Every time one showed up, I was like, oh, 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 no, oh, feels gross. But it's fine. I got over it quickly. You know, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. And there's not a lot throughout the movie, at least from what I remember. Yeah. I don't think there's any more. It's just the opening for some reason, I guess, because it's spooky. But so we open up on a couple of friends, Marshall and Gilbert. They're at the movies. They're watching a horror movie. Um, And we quickly learn that Gilbert is the scared friend. He's a big scaredy cat. Um, He also mentions as they're leaving the theater that he likes Nazi movies. I don't really know well, why. Well, he doesn't say he likes Nazi movies. He says he likes The Sound of Music, which is a famous musical that has Nazis, but it's like oh. against Nazis. It's not. Yeah. But, he just mentions oh, it has everything. He's like, it has music. Yeah. It has dancing. It has, Nazis. it has Nazis. Well, the Nazis don't sing and dance, but it'd be cool if they did, which I did think was a weird comment. But just to be right. clear, he's not like out here just like, I love Nazi Looking movies. Looking for Nazi movies. <laughs> facts he did say it like that and i'm like why is that on the list of one of the reasons why he likes this movie though like i mean it has I mean, nazis but why the nazis are the villains so it, within context i mean at least he's on the right side of history but it is weird that it is a standout point for him for sure hmm. i just yeah i just made like a little side note of that because i was like what's going on with you gilbert what's happening <laughs> but okay i'll give my little boy a pass um, I love so Gilbert. Yeah, Gilbert. Me Stan too. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> I love that he loves musicals, so adorable. even though he lists Nazis. It's one of the reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange reason, but yeah, I do Very love a, another musical lover. So he gets a pass. Um, they're leaving the theater, and while they're walking home, they're talking about a very creepy neighbor called Mr. Kubot who lives in this super creepy house that we see them walk past, and um, it looks haunted as hell. Like, it looks. Yes. I, like, I would never want to go in that house. Um, and Gilbert says that he's Mr. Kubot's paperboy and that Mr. Kubot has not paid him in two years. So his friend Marshall that he just went to the movies with was like, um, hell no, let's let's go collect. <laughs> so he knocks on his door. Also, like, sorry, just Marshall wild is note. wild. He really is. Because I'm like, yes, you need to collect. But, like, be like, hey, Gilbert, let's tomorrow morning go get this right. money. What time yeah, is it? At, at night, in the darkness. After Some we little just boys a scary movie show up at my house 
at night trying to collect Mm -hmm. (laughs) for two years of the paper. Absolutely crazy. Get out. Um, I mean, as such, Mr. Kubat does answer and he looks menacing. Like I, yes. And he has like a floodlight. He has like a floodlight facing these children where they're like blinded. (laughs) They're literally squint. They're like, "Uh, uh, Mr. Kubat. And it's just like, bruh. Y'all need to run. Y'all need to go. (laughs) Oh, Mr. Kuba. He's wild. (gasps) But yeah, he has this like ferocious dog and he basically chases them off his property with it. Um, Mm Kind of wild. Yeah. But uh, that kind of like lays the foundation for Mr. Kuba and his persona. He is the creepy old man, old neighbor in a weird, creepy house. And then we go to Marshall's house and he, I just wanted to mention that um, Marshall's mom is dating someone and he very clearly has an issue with the guy that she's dating. Like we just see that next. Ted, and, um, you know, Ted. Oh, that's right. Yes. Ted. And he's played by the same guy who plays the mummy. Harold. No way. Yes. And it's actually very interesting because I noticed in this watch that they often reference Ted in reference to Harold. He, like, oh right what's her amy's like did you yeah 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 i say like amy's like did you tell any oh sorry (laughs) just go ahead just go ahead (laughs) marshall was just like when they were talking about keeping harold at his place he's like oh yeah i mean ted's there and he's already a big guy stomping around or something he says something like that exactly yeah he's like my mom's used to like a big guy just lumping (laughs) around the house and then amy's like oh did you tell your mom and he's like no and she's like did you tell Ted? I just like maybe we should tell a grown up, and Ted might be the nice, the right person because he's really nice. And I'm like, why would he put in Ted in this? <laughs> but there's obviously the connection. So yeah, truly. But Marshall clearly doesn't like him. It's your typical, you know, child of divorced parents trope, protective of his he mom, is or a try something hard. like that. Yeah, Ted's yeah. trying really hard. Ted is super nice. Like Marshall walks in and he's like, <laughs> "Hey, buddy, I've got ice cream. Do you want to?" watch a movie and da, da, da. and I'm just like, oh, please. I would have loved that shit personally, but you know, not everyone's <laughs> me. Like, you probably ice same. cream, bro. Facts. Samesies. If yeah. my parents want to sit down and watch uh, watch a movie and have ice cream, I'm, I'm always down, but he just, he seemed a little too, too eager, a little too chipper. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Marshall, he totally like blows Ted off. He's like, no, no thanks. And goes up to his room. Which is cool as hell. How His room is this is child wall to wall affording. with like horror movie posters? This I'm movie wondering, magic. like, does he get an allowance? Maybe a good allowance that he like saves up a... for weeks and weeks at a time. I don't. Maybe he's doing <laughs> the divorce parents double dip, where like each parent doesn't know that they're mm. giving him allowance, so he just mm-hmm. has all this extra money. Because like later in the movie. She, the mom thinks Harold is one of the props, and like it's, that yeah. is a hyper like, oh. realistic, huge. Right. And first of all, how would you L- even not notice him getting it in the house before? Second of mm-hmm, all, mm-hmm. that has to cost thousands of dollars. And she's just like, "Oh, is this a new one? Oh, it's re- it's really realistic, really good. Okay." And I'm like, "Huh? Does he have access <laughs> to your credit card, and you just don't care? Like, what's going on, girl?" Is his dad, like, secretly, like, a movie magic maker? Like, he works on these props and movies? Could be. I have to go with that. a thing about his dad. All we know is he's really busy and he does not come around a lot anymore. Facts. Dan's a deadbeat. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, not deadbeat, but, you know, 
pretty much. Um, but yeah, decked out, walls completely covered in movie posters, life-size props. Like, it's it's wild. And I mean, mm -hmm. hella cool. Like, personally, I could not sleep in that room, but very <laughs> cool for someone who loves, you know, horror things. So It looks like it smells I'm weird, but I don't know if that's the horror stuff or the fact that he's like a 12-year-old boy. Yeah, it could be a mixture of both. It does look like it does smell weird in there. I can I could see that. Um, they're at school the next day, Marshall and Gilbert, and their friend Amy comes up and lets them know that Mr. Kubot is dead. Homie died yes. from a heart attack while making pancakes, apparently. Yes. Covered and in pancake batter. The water meter person found him. Oh, yeah. Which but, yeah. I find to be a weird fact, knowing what we learn later. I don't even know what that's in reference to. I guess well, I mean, we'll spoiler alert. Obviously, this movie is... You've seen the movie if you're listening to this podcast. If you haven't, we're yeah. about to spoil something Facts. later in the movie. Okay, so we find out eventually that Mr. Cubot is alive. Right. So did my man lay down with pancake batter on himself for hours, days, waiting for someone to come check on him? Did he know the water meter I... person was coming? I just assumed that the water meter person was probably one of his goons posing as like, hey, this guy's dead. And then somebody oh came and took him away. I don't know how he faked his no. death in terms beautiful of beautiful like, genius, beautiful genius. That's exactly what it is. Because somebody must have come and removed his body. Yeah. It must be everyone. Like the, like the EMTs, the water meter person, they probably oh. were all his goons. You're right. All his goons. I'm glad mm -hmm. I mentioned this mm -hmm. because I really was like, was my man just lying there with pancake all over him? <laughs> For days. For days on the kitchen floor. <laughs> oh, wow. That would have been a major flaw in the plan because uh, no, we can't be doing that. Oh, uh, I'm relieved. I'm relieved. Hell yeah. Mr. Kubat uh, is dead. Like Amy's talking about how he's dead. And strangely, she also men she mentions that another student says that they saw a coffin in his basement. Mm -hmm. So naturally, as 12-year-old children do, they want to break into his basement to see if they can find the coffin. Crystal, what would you right? do if you found some 12-year-old kids breaking into your basement? Like, what would you do? Oh my, I'd be like, where are your parents? Get up out of my house. What the hell is this? What's wrong with y'all? Go to bed. Isn't it like past your bedtime? Do you have homework to do? Like, get out of here. Oh my god! I was yeah. on Gilbert's. Gilbert was immediately. He was against this plan. He was like, "Absolutely not! I don't want any part of this." And I'm like, "Absolutely, Gilbert. Me neither. Oh my Me god, neither." Gilbert. Well, unfortunately, his mom Esmeralda is not helping him get out of this one. <laughs> she really is not. His mom is such a weirdo, such a quirky, quirky person. She really she is. has a very unhealthy relationship with her dolls as well. She'll like take them to the movie theaters and buy them popcorn. You know, whatever. I don't know what's mom. I need more Esmeralda Honestly, in this movie, yeah. though. Like, this movie, we need a more Esmeralda. Just going to say that. That's Give me true. the Esmeralda uh, yeah. cut. Yeah. I wanted, like, a scene with her in the house doing doing strange things. Flying you know, dolls I needed and to shit. see that. I know. Role-playing. Gilbert's like, she's role-playing right now. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Okay. I'm like, okay. As someone who has a quirky <laughs> mother... I would randomly wake up like when I was in high school and my mom would be reading a book mm. and she would just start talking to me as if she were a character in the book and I were a character oh, in the book as well. That's fun. Yeah. That's hella fun. It kind of is like if you've seen Hey Arnold, you know, Arnold's grandma used to do that where she'd always oh. do it. She was like, yeah. Hey Arnold's grandma. Yeah. Mm hmm. I loved his grandma. She would just like randomly be a cowgirl and be like, what you eating today, partner? That's exactly right. My mom would read like Outlander be like, Sassanach. 
what do you want for breakfast this morning? And like do a weird Scottish accent. It's like literally what is happening. That's so entertaining. I love that. Yeah, I kind of get it oh, now that I'm older. I'm like, I would definitely do that with my kids. Like, I'd be weird as hell. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to be. Like, I already went through the pain and suffering of pushing you out of my body somehow. So you're going to get this entertainment. I got to make it fun for me, you know? Right. And that's what Esmeralda's doing. Being, she absolutely is. And we're here for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously Gilbert's like, absolutely not. Ain't no way. <laughs> But he does end up going through with it. He kind of like falls halfway into this basement window that they're pushing. And he sees an open coffin slash sarcophagus and a dead man's hand sticking out. And so they go running into the street, but they have to go back for his glasses that fell off. The way that would end me if I were Gilbert. I'm just saying like I would not be okay. No, I think I would have fainted to be honest. I think I might have passed out. I'm not sure, but... Um, Because as they're running through the street and they realize they need to go back um, and, you know, Gilbert tells them what he saw, Marshall's just like, oh, that means Mr. Kubot killed somebody. He just says it so, like, <laughs> like entertained, not, not phased in the slightest. I think I and then that. wants to go back to get the glasses. I'm like, those glasses are with Jesus now. Okay. I'm saying like the- I'm not stepping back in that house. I don't have glasses, but I can promise you there's no way I would go back in that house with those glasses. I would tell my mom a bully mm. stole them. I'd make up something. Like, right. I got mugged. Whatever. Anything. Yeah. I'm not going back in that house. Anything. Not setting foot back in the house. But of course they do. And um, the coffin is empty. And then as they're wandering around, a mummy <laughs> breaks through one of the doors and starts chasing them. I mean- yeah. We find out that, you know, the mummy just kind of wanted to talk, but um, he was chasing them. It was quite scary. And then he also seemed to be looking for the bathroom because when they get to sort of the end of the chase, he sees a toilet and then he goes into the bathroom and he pees for quite some time. Like, why does he know what a toilet is? Yeah, that was my first thought because I didn't remember the peeing and I'm like, oh, maybe he's looking at the toilet and thinks there's something inside or he's gonna look that would make more sense and it could have been funnier but he like like, i know what that is and i've been holding it for two thousand years so (laughs) and i'm like uh apparently mummies still have to pee i guess so when they wake up but yeah i found that very very odd but we do find out later (laughs) that he understands english perfectly so yeah there's definitely some totally understands what they're saying yeah and somehow Marshall also understands his grunts. Yes. Which I, and so does. I don't know. <laughs> so does the, the drive through lady. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So you like a large Coke with fries and a burger? I'm sorry, a double burger? <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I made a note of it. What is? And she was so enthusiastic. She's like, okay, got it. So two double cheeseburgers, small fry, and a jumbo orange soda. Yes. 374. I'm like, girl. What what did you eat? How? What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, you got people th- girl, showing up to your drive through being like, uh, uh, you got tra- to <laughs> <laughs> <You gotta> translate. <laughs> Unbelievable. And he somehow ended up with the drink. Like, I really don't know. Yeah, and then she really he sure took the drink on. and she was like, that's the part that really blew her mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, we're not going to talk about all the weird sounds that came from the speaker, but cool, 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 cool. Uh, but yeah, the mummy returns Gilbert's glasses and, you know, they have like a little moment where they kind of talk for a while. So it's clear that the mummy's chill and they decide to leave him there. And um, 
they're going to come back the next day and see what's going on. So the mummy, uh, oh wait, hold on. I'm lost in my, oh, oh, oh. Oh, I have a note here that Amy doesn't respect guys who watched Olsen twins movies multiple times. I noticed that too. And I'm like, what the fuck? I love also that Marshall and Gilbert are also confused by that. Like they don't see anything wrong right. with watching the Olsen twin movies. And I, I I'm like, that. I love this. These young men are just yeah. so comfortable in their masculinity. They, they're little woke kings. Yeah. I'm like, but Amy, why, why Amy like girl. Please. And so mean to Todd. Not even like nicely dismissive. Just like, no. Mm-hmm. No. Like, you're not going to talk she, to me. And I'm like, girl, it's your right. You shouldn't have to talk to me and you don't want to. But my God, Todd does not deserve this vitriol. And she said, don't make me hurt you. And Todd's like, oh, okay. Okay. And he like backs away slowly. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. What did he do to you? Yeah. I, he, he likes awful twins too much. <laughs> so ridiculous. But um, yeah. anyway. After she is she, canonically the tallest child. So I guess she's the most intimidating. Oh, uh, Amy. She mm-hmm. is. Yeah, she's a tall girl. I mean, I guess. I guess she's really swinging that authority around. But wild. <laughs> wild judgment call. Uh, but after school that day, they go to um, their friend Bruce's store. He's got like the store of oddities and, you know, decorations and things. And they ask him about mummies. And he pulls out one of these books that I have all, like, it's one of those ancient looking leather bound books I, you always see in movies like this or Halloween Town or something and I it's giving want a book what? like that yeah. <laughs> uh, you know for Pocus Pocus oh yeah oh yeah when the book comes yes that's right oh my god I forgot yeah. about that yeah. I'm like this is just Bethany being Bethany cool 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 <laughs> Wow. Uh, so Bruce does some little research and they find out that he needs to return to his tomb, his sarcophagus and his resting place by midnight on Halloween, or he's going to turn into a pile of dust and his soul's going to be lost. So they're like, oh, damn, let's go get him. And they go back to the house and it's empty. Apparently. Wait, before they get to the house. Or once they get to the house, they when do they run into Leonard? Because I don't want to skip Leonard because. Oh, Leonard. Um, I love me some Leonard. Yeah, when he was holding that, a towel, a rag. What? He's like, you want to see me pick my scab? <laughs> like, get out of here, Leonard. And they're like, walking around with a blanket. It's not a blanket. It's a rag I carry around to kill up, pill up, like to say, like to just, clean up spills. Just in case. <laughs> Leonard is so odd. What an odd I fucking young love Leonard. Child. And I feel like he's like, like, why did they put that character in this movie? At all. Like, why? I have no clue. No clue at all. And he's obviously he's younger amazing. than I mean, them. Is he like maybe eight years old or something? Yes. Like ten. He's like nine? a I, four? I don't know how old no. they are. <laughs> Four-year-olds are toddlers. I feel like, okay, I feel like this movie came out, we were seven or eight. Yeah. I feel like he's younger than that. Damn. Like, at the oldest, I would give him six. Oh, my God. Okay, I could see six. But he's... He's a little baby. A strange six-year-old. Yeah, he is... He's so small. He is so Best small. Best opening line ever. You want to see me pick my scab? And it's, like, always a close-up on his face, too, as he's, like, opening his mouth so wide to talk. Just, like, yelling everything. I love Leonard. Like... Yeah. I hope he's thriving. Whoever Same. I hope so, too. He deserves it. Um, but yes. they run into Leonard on their way back to Mr. Kubot's house. 
where they see that the place has been emptied out. And um, it turns out Amy's mom is a realtor and she's showing the house and she said that everything was cleared out to and was seized to help pay for some back taxes that Mr. Kubot apparently owed. So it sounds like he's into some shady shit. Mm -hmm. And um, meanwhile, while this is happening, our mummy friend is wandering around town. Like he's literally just out and about. This is where he goes to the drive-thru. He grunts into the the speaker, the microphone to order. Yes. And the the employee just somehow translates what he's saying into a full-fledged order. Also, it was two double cheeseburgers, a small fry, and a jumbo orange soda, and it was for three seventy-four. Three dollars and seventy-four cents. I'm like, was fast food actually that cheap in 97? Yes. And the reason we don't know, because we weren't paying for shit in 97. We were little babies. Facts. Facts, facts. I could not imagine getting that much food for $3.74. Well, um, you can't imagine it because it is just not a reality you've ever yeah. lived it, Or like consciously <laughs> Literally, lived it. Literally. I, I'm like, damn. I'm like, okay. Hella cheap, but go off. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they eventually find... Uh, they find the mummy after he's gotten into some shenanigans. He winds up wandering into a hospital and the... Well, he like sees a woman bandaged and he's like, oh, yeah. my people. And then he's like, like oh, let me yeah. see what's going on there. And um, yeah. the employees at the hospital, the nurses, they think that he's a burn victim. They throw him on a gurney and they try to find his pulse. Nothing. So they call a code blue. Shock our boy until they start a fire on his Set chest. Set him on fire? <laughs> Literally set him on fire and he gets up and he runs out of there and they're chasing after him. And then they chase him. That hospital yeah. is Benoinoy. Absolutely. Like, all that happens and it starts with Harold like dinging the bell to get attention. Yeah. And the nurse, I know they did it for like a comedic bit. I get it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she refuses to look in his direction, mm-hmm. even to say like, oh, one minute I'll be with you. No. Like she just threw the clipboard at him. Hospitals. Like, Fill out the forms. Whatever. Yeah. This hospital, and like he keeps thinking it. If that was happening, I'd be like, something is obviously wrong. Right. Like, what the hell is going on back there? And then when he yeah, gets out of the but, hospital, they literally they ugh. chase him for so far, for so long. Yes. Like intensely. They are like down blocks. Yeah. Track stars. Yes. <laughs> literally, runners and track stars. And it's just like, bro, let him go. Can't he just voluntarily leave? He's on a patient there. I guess they don't know that, That's but the thing. it's just he, like, damn. You it is absurd that any doctor or nurse would chase. <laughs> A potential patient yeah. that doesn't we're not running after nobody out, out the hospital that's crazy we don't do that but they sure do but the kids oh cost him and um the mummy recounts all of the day's events to marshall and he apparently understands every word that he says uh, somehow i, I don't know he but really um does. i want to say about marshall in this moment and in general mm-hmm. in the film he gives me like kind of middle-aged man energy. Like I know he is a 12-year-old boy, mm-hmm. but he kind of like makes the facial expressions of like your friend's quirky dad. Yeah, he, I don't know how else to describe have dad it. Energy. Like old soul. Yes, dad in a energy. good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think it's good. Wholesome. Yeah. But it's yes, it's wholesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I had a crush on him when I was a kid, and I think that's probably why, because I like that he seemed mm-hmm. like an old man to me. Mm-hmm. And you know, grumpy old men always been my type. Always. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, anyway, I just thought that was interesting that I'm like, why does he feel like a dad and he's a baby? <laughs> he definitely did. I could see that about him. Yeah. No wonder, no wonder. Um, so where were we? Oh, 
So yeah, he recounts his story and they decide that they're going to keep him at Marshall's house for now. And mm-hmm. they basically sneak him upstairs. Marshall's mom somehow doesn't, or well, I guess she just assumes that his friends are all the footsteps, but the mummy looks very heavy and tall. And I feel like I would be like, who the hell was that particular person that just went up the stairs sounding like that, you know? And I mean, he does make yeah. noise upstairs where his mom comes upstairs and she's like, what is all that noise? It sounds like you guys are trying to come through the floor. And Marshall makes up a lie that Amy is teaching them clogging. Yes. And then she does a terrible attempt at clogging. And the mom's like, oh, it's really She's good. good. Good job, baby. I'm like, oh, my God. And this is when she comes face to face with the mummy. And um, yes. does not realize that he's a real mummy. She's just like, oh, is this a new one? Does not know what her son is purchasing. Has no clue where he's getting these life-size props from movies that are hyper-realistic. Yeah, no no concerns. So maybe Marshall, maybe he's got a secret business or something. Or not secret, but maybe he has his own business. And maybe that's why he seems like a dad. Maybe he's like that kid that told Billy, like, oh, you don't sell your own sh- your sh- like sneakers online? Like you're a loser i'm a winner remember billy told us about that kid who came in a lego who bought the lego nike shoe set and he like was like an online mogul for like reselling sneakers and he was like 10 no okay well anyway that did happen um (laughs) maybe he's like that he could be he could be maybe he like buys and sells movie props or something i don't know maybe so but But then they name him harold he oh does. yeah. They named the mummy Harold. Oh my god. And Amy, Amy. responds saying, yeah, like cuz he's like, "Oh, he reminds me of my uncle, my uncle Harold." Harold. And, and Amy's like, "Your aunt must be ready to open a vein." I'm like, "What? Uh, what? Gagged. Gagged. What? How could you say that? And why? This girl this girl comes out her mouth with the bucket shit. Like, Absolutely I don't wild. wear pajamas. I sleep in the, in the nude. nude. What? I'm sorry, you're 12 years old. Why are you sleeping in the nude? What's going on with you, girl? And why are you telling us about it? Yeah, why do we need to know what's happening with you? I I don't don't know what's going on. We are only one. We don't know about her home life. She's the only one. We know about Esmeralda. We know about stepdad Ted, but we don't know what's going on with Amy. Except her mom's a realtor. realtor. Yeah. Which, I mean, we don't know anything beyond that. But, um,. Yeah, she uh, she has some quips. Like she says some some wild shit. So after she says she that is. wild ass line for absolutely no reason whatsoever, um, we cut to a scene where we see Mister Kobot alive and well, and he's at some storage facility, I guess, with all his stuff, and he's got all these goons, and they're all looking yeah. for the mummy. They're looking. They have the empty coffin, the empty sarcophagus, and you know, obviously, he's shady as fuck. So. Mm-hmm. yeah um, he is hella shady i thought it'd be more yeah. interesting though like just honestly if the movie was we see these goons yeah, and they're like the they have all the stuff and like we need to find the mummy but we don't see mr kubot yet and then right. later in the movie where the kids arrive on site and it's like mr Koop, and we could have had the same dun, surprise dun. they had in that moment right. i thought that was like poorly structured it was too early for us to see him again way too early yes yeah agreed we should write a movie 
We should. We do a better job, obviously. We should write a decom, honestly. I think we'd slay the house down boots Gaga Mama. 100%. (laughs) Okay, we will. We will do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, we see Mr. Kubat. He's obviously alive. While all this is going down, uh, Marshall's fast asleep and Harold gets into like some mild shenanigans with the family dog or the neighbor's dog. I actually can't remember if it's Yeah, he straight up probably brain scrambled that dog. Yeah, I think he did. Um, There was a a little altercation. But then he goes off running down the street and he stumbles upon an Egyptian museum exhibit. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, the queen was calling to him because her sarcophagus is there. She's laying in the tomb or not the tomb. She's laying in the coffin at the exhibit and they find him there. The kids, all three of them got up out of their beds in the middle of the night to go find him. And I'm like, I could never do this. First of all, my parents wake up at the slightest sound of anything. And I know that, I don't know. I just wouldn't risk it. I know that if they wake up in the middle of the night and come to check on me and I'm not in my bed and then I come home later and I'm just like, I snuck out to, no. Certainly not at 12. Maybe at at 16 I would have done that. Not at 12. 16 for sure. High school? Yeah. High school I did a bunch of shit I wasn't supposed to do. But not at 12. Absolutely not. Um... So, yeah, Harold, I forgot the mummy's name is Harold. Yes. He um, starts reading, you know, some things off. Oh, actually, Gilbert reads off a description of what's going on. And we learn that Harold is a high priest to the queen and he should be resting peacefully next to her. So um, they basically know that they need to get his sarcophagus back and bring it back right here. Well... Mm. we're going on about the celibacy thing oh oh yeah that's right right he's supposed to be celibate as the high priest yeah but they're actually in love love. Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah he's in love with her forbidden love and he also um he opens up the queen's sarcophagus and she's wearing like this amulet amulet and then we he reveals that he's got one too under his little wraps you know Mm -hmm. under wraps (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah now the kids know what they need to do like down to a t and they they go back to uh they bring harold back to marshall's place and this is where we see leonard again for the second time sadly Ah, the last time i think (laughs) i know we need more leonard more leonard more esmeralda (laughs) truly we need more of them he just opens up the backyard gate and like, <laughs> like starts invading their little hangout. And he says that he yeah. saw them take everything out of Mr. Kubat's house in a yellow truck. And then Amy is like, oh, yeah, there's that ice cream company that has yellow trucks. We should go see if it could be one of their trucks, which is like down by some storage, some industrial area where there's, you know, like some warehouse or something. Um, I don't know how they put that shit together, but... Or how I would have assumed the yellow truck was like a moving truck or something. Like not an ice cream truck. Or not an ice cream company, but whatever. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's like an ice cream cargo truck. You know, like how the you have the giant trucks that just have the company logo on the side? Yeah. I mean, an ice cream truck theoretically would have like space in the back for someone to move around. But you could like use it for storage if you took the ice cream out and there are no people back there. Yeah, but he was saying, like, they moved his stuff out of the house in a yellow truck. And I'm like, I know it's not an ice cream truck that they're using to move Mr. Kubot's belongings, right? 
But they I mean, say oh. it's an ice cream truck, right? She said ice cream company. Uh, are you saying it's a cargo van that could just belong to the company? Right. Or like a big truck that just belongs to the ice cream company. They use it for hmm. whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I guess anything's possible. I, I don't remember seeing it. I We never see the yellow truck. There, okay, we, so it's left ambiguous. There is no yellow truck. Yeah, yeah. We have no idea. But anyway, they figure it out. And then they find the warehouse. Um, and Marshall sees Mr. Kubot inside, alive and well. And he is like, Mr. Kubot is in there. And um, he's going to sell Harold to somebody tonight. Like, we need to... Oh, it's now Halloween. So it's the next day. So it's Halloween. And by midnight tonight, Harold needs to be back in his sarcophagus, sleeping, mm-hmm. resting peacefully next to his love, or he will turn to dust. Um, so Gilbert, or so they decide that they need to go find Bruce, their friend who gave them some mummy information earlier. And they dress up for a costume party to go, I guess, infiltrate the party, find Bruce. Yeah, and Bruce, Gilbert dresses like, up. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead. go ahead. I was saying Bruce designed the party. That's why they know that he's going to be there. Because he like did the props oh, and stuff, right? Yeah. And he does have the haunted house inside, mm-hmm. yeah. where he was apparently making bank. He's like, making "I'm making bank, money. Baby. Y'all need to go." <laughs> but yes, Gilbert. <laughs> um, yeah, Gilbert dresses up in sunglasses and a neon pink boa as Dennis Rodman, which I, I thought was just so incredible. I was like, "I'm here for this." I love an that. example of how to dress up as a black person or character and not have to do blackface. For no blackface. Authenticity, quote unquote. You know, but. Yes. No blackface needed, babe. He did a great job. Oh, Gilbert, what a king. <laughs> um, oh, Bruce, once they find him in the party, he also mentions that there's a Martha Stewart at the party. And I thought that was also a hilarious costume. Like, oh, yeah. Martha Stewart. <laughs> like, that's wild. So they go in and um, they're not able to convince Bruce that they're telling the truth about having a mummy friend and all this stuff. But there are some shenanigans where the goons show up and they're basically unwrapping every mummy that's at the party. And Bruce does eventually see the real mummy as he's leaving the party. And he's like, oh my God, oh my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> and Bruce drives a hearse. So that's why they were looking for him in the first place, because he has a vehicle that can hold the sarcophagus. So right. they jump in the hearse and um, they have to leave Harold behind, sadly, because Bruce takes off. He's like, I'm not waiting for that mummy. We gone. He's out. Well, Harold sacrifices himself, right? He's like, I'll keep He does. Yeah. Oh, okay, but honestly, like, at this party, too, there's like a mummy mix-up. Where, yeah, like, this lady... Mm-hmm. I'm very confused by the scene, actually. So I would like your help trying to understand it. So yeah, he comes... Yeah, Yes. Mm-hmm. He comes over Same. thinking that this, this woman who's dressed as, I guess, an ancient Egyptian queen, he comes oh, over and starts, right. like, worshipping her. Mm-hmm. you know in a way like he sincerely thinks that she's royalty like, and yeah. she's like playing long but then she's like where have you been but then later it seems like she doesn't have any inkling who he is so like who did yeah, she think no he clue. was but then another okay so also gilbert sees a mummy someone dressed up as a mummy instead of being oh, like this yeah. is a costume party i should think about this yells at him and elbows him in the gut it's his principal mm-hmm. Turns out so now we know him. there's two mummies then we go back to harold and this egyptian queen who are like getting on the dance floor and this mm-hmm. other woman comes up. It's like, oh my god, what are you doing? He's my husband, and of course, her husband's yeah. the principal. Is but the I'm principal. like, right. girly, there is a foot difference between these two men. Are you tripping? Like, truly, how could you mix these guys up? I don't if understand. Someone was a foot taller than Silas, and they were dressed the same. I would know it I wasn't would, Silas. Yeah, I still know. <laughs> and Bizarre. I don't really. 
She was the the lady who was dressed up as Cleopatra was just like all over him. Like she was yes. trying to get it in, you know. But then she was so, like, "Who are you?" And it's like, "Bitch, you acted like you knew who he was." Like, yeah. You asked where he's been. As soon as, as soon as he showed up, she was like, <laughs> "Where have you been?" I turned around and you were gone. But maybe Oh, well, no, because unless the principal's being shady the pr- and right, was flirting with was, her. <laughs> I was, That's the only explanation. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm like, unless she was dancing with the principal earlier in the mm-hmm. night and then he mm-hmm. dipped out and she's like, where have you been? Yes. But why did he and do that? the weird part um, is that they blame Harold for all this. And like, well, who are you then? It's like, Harold has not misled any of you. He has not yeah. proclaimed to be someone he is not. He is dressed up in a costume, you dumbasses. And they start unpeeling, unraveling his face. And they're, of course, freaked out. But I'm like, that is a major boundary over stuff. Like, y'all are Truly. wild and for this it's not like he did anything all he did was grunt with the, when he was dancing with that cleopatra and she somehow she interpreted in that uh, yeah she was in her you know the lulu sphere and was like oh sphere. no we're don't don't worry it's fine and i'm like girl she, he's not saying anything he's not yeah, saying a word i know but so, she's also like willing to go to bat when the woman's like he's my husband i'd be like oh okay bye right she's like, like oh right, is he oh. she's like Willing to go to battle over this man. That she doesn't know what he him. looks like or who he is. So hard. She's like I'm one of those women dead. who just like, <laughs> she just likes tall men. <laughs> Facts. Mm-hmm. It's the height thing. It's the height, height queen. Yes, exactly. Mm-mm. But after all of the mix up with Harold's many women, the goons do see him. He holds the door as Bruce and the kids are driving away. <laughs> and the goons capture him. So they take mm-hmm. him back to the warehouse. And um, the kids are trying to come up with a plan. And it turns out that Bruce's hearse is filled with a bunch of Halloween decorations and props and like movie props and prosthetic or not prosthetic legs, but, um, you know, like mannequin legs or whatever. And they come up with a plan where Amy runs out at the warehouse to one of the goons for help as if she needs help. And she's got this oh like God. bloody eye coming out of her face. <laughs> and that distracts him long enough for Bruce and Marshall to come out beating him with some of the, the prosthetic legs. So that's their plan. Um, Bruce body slams him and knocks him out. Like he literally pa- the goon passed out from the body slam. Oh, and while this is going on, Gilbert waited in the car because he was too scared. And Marshall was such a sweetie. He was like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Yeah, he's accepting I'm his like, friends I... for who they are. Yeah. Yeah, which is and nice because honestly, they're really shitty to Gilbert up until this moment in the movie. Like his friends they are, are really shitty to him. Of him a lot. His mm-hmm. mom's clearly having a mental break with reality. And he mentions that his dad does not talk or communicate. I'm like, my boy Gilbert needs, he needs something. He needs some support. Yeah, he yes. needs a support system. Yes. So, yeah, Marshall in that moment is kind of soft with him. And he's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. So Gilbert's waiting in the car all this time while they're knocking out this goon and trying to find, Marshall's trying to find Harold um, wherever he's tied up. And um, Mr. Kubot confirms, like he, Mr. Kubot sort of, you know, finds them in the middle of their shenanigans. There's there's so much going on in this scene, actually. Bruce also was trying to set off the fire alarm and it doesn't work the match starts to burn his hand before he can set off the sprinklers i mean not the fire alarm or both whatever Mm -hmm. 
He swings into this pile of stuff, causes a commotion, and the goons and Mr. Kubok <laughs> come and find him. Like, I, maybe they didn't so. hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> and they're immediately there. They're running up the stairs. Yeah. They're like, what the hell was that? And um, while that's happening, our Marshall manages to use a crowbar and free Harold from these chains that he's uh, strung up by. But Mr. Kubot accosts them all, and he's got them all cornered. And we learn that he faked his death to avoid being arrested for tax evasion, which we kind of got the sense when Amy's mom told us back at the house that his stuff was seized for right. back taxes. So Okay, but I have a question. Mm, mm-hmm. If he left enough stuff to be seized for his back taxes, why would he have not just used that stuff to pay his back taxes in the first place and not fake his own death? I don't know. Because he that was part of his explanation, too. He was like, I've been collecting all these treasures and da 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 And my plan was to retire and then slowly sell the trinkets and live off that forever. And I'm like, bro, you could have just sold, you could have sold the yeah, shit just as soon as that. the IRS was on you. Yeah, just do that. Also, just like, I'm sorry, a flashback moment where they mentioned that he died, when they think he died. And Amy's like, mm-hmm. he had a heart attack, you know, he's old, his organs fail. And I'm like, Mr. Kubot's like maybe 60 at the like oldest? Se- I was going to push it to 70. He's white, Crystal. Yeah, I think he's 60. 65. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Maybe 65. <laughs> but even pushing up to 70, he's not like organ failure, yeah, drop dead old. And <laughs> just like, people are she's old and die. Like- get over it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Literally goodness. acting like he was, you know, bent over, hobbling around. Like, no, he looked like a fairly healthy 60-something He looked man, like he so. could have taken those kids. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. 65 and under, in my opinion. <laughs> he looked threatening, for yes, sure. Yes. I, I would have been scared of him. Yes, and not in a so, creepy old man way, necessarily, but in like a, oh, he could fuck me up, like, like gangster way. hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's very much still in charge. He's, yes. he's got it all up there with the wits, so. <laughs> Put some respect on his name, Mr. Kubat, okay? Right. Truly. He don't play. Mm-mm. And, um, so yeah, he tells him his whole life story, or, well, not his life story, <laughs> but the whole scheme <laughs> about faking his death. Yeah. And, uh, it seems like there's honestly no way out at the moment, but our boy Gilbert. Ooh. Who is still in the hearse. He drives that hearse through the warehouse gates, baby. Mm-hmm. And all of these things come crashing down shortly after he, like, drives through. And it crashes on all of the goons. Somehow Mr. Kubot's fine. He gets up from underneath what looked like very heavy pipes that fell on him. But he's okay. I don't know. Yeah. Um, hmm. And he materializes a gun. <laughs> I mean, I say materializes, but... It might have been in his pocket this whole time, but we Likely. haven't seen a, a gun the entire movie, but um, it just, it, you know, it appears. And he is pointing it at Marshall, threatening him, but then Harold steps in and he throws Mr. Kubot easily like 40 feet. Like Mr. Kubot is gone. He's, Harold he's done. Play. Like he's, he's, he's out, mm-hmm. out cold. Mm-hmm. And um, Harold and Amy have this, or not Harold, <laughs> Marshall and Amy have this moment where Amy approaches him and she's just like, oh, you know, if anything were to happen to you, I just, well, I'm just, I'm glad you're okay. They have a couple moments like that and, throughout and the movie. It. And I'm like, this. Did they have a moment like that before? A couple where he. Before that? Yeah, where he's like going on about how he like, he's like, Harold's just a mummy. I don't care about him. And then she's like, you obviously do. And he's like, 
you're right. I do love him. He's my friend. And then he's like, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. struggling with my mom and Ted. And she basically is like, you know, if you ever need to talk, I'm here. And I think there was like another moment, moment. but it's kind of weird because they also have a couple of moments where she like, where she's like weirdly sexualized for a child, like the nudity thing. And she mentions not wearing like, yeah, wearing a bra or something. And both times Gilbert has a big reaction to that. So it's just Mm kind of like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. But this little moment kind of makes it seem like. Amy might have some fluttering feelings for Marshall or, or something. I she don't clearly know. does. Or she could just. Yeah. That's why she's so cold yeah. to talk because she wants Marshall. Oh, fast. She likes those dad I, vibes. I was. Mm, true. True. Dad vibes got you too. Mm-hmm. So. But I was writing on the, you know, the Olsen twins double feature. I thought that that was really it. Might be a part but, of it. Yeah. I guess she's got feelings for my, for our little, our little dad. Yeah. Our little man. <laughs> um, where were we? Well, she was saying how she like ah, his feelings for him, or like yes. you know she was worried he was gonna die, and that scared her. Yeah, she was so worried when that gun came out. Yeah, but that moment, you know, was very short. And then uh, Marshall was immediately like, "Okay, let's go," <laughs> and they kind of head back to the museum. Mm-hmm. And um, at the museum, they open up the sarcophagus with the queen and Harold takes out his amulet and he uses it to do some something and wakes the queen up mm-hmm. I guess to just say a quick goodbye because it's really just like a little hug they have like this tender little moment we know she's a woman haven't seen each other in because 3,000 years true she's got mm-hmm. that body and blue eyeshadow we gotta have that blue eyeshadow absolutely she is <laughs> face beat face is beat 3,000 year old beat dead ass face still looking okay beat Mm-hmm. And she does have that body yaddy yaddy. She does. Yeah. That mummy body yaddy yaddy. Um, so yeah, they share a little tender moment and then um Harold hands his amulet off to Marshall as a parting gift. And he lays in his sarcophagus and it's before midnight. He makes it so that he can rest peacefully. I felt like this was like a little bit anticlimactic just because the same way that there was like some kind of sparkly stuff going on with the amulets to wake the queen up i wanted there to be something Hmm. when he laid back in the sarcophagus as well and they both kind of i don't know like their mummy souls just like you know hold hands and twirl away or something i don't know yeah i'm not gonna say i wish that happened but i do understand that (laughs) feeling (laughs) anticlimactic because (laughs) it is like they just lay down and go back to being dead it's like, and it's yeah. what I want for and them. I'm just but, like, okay. Yeah. But also, if they like had like little, like right. misty, shimmery ghost versions of them swirl up and they held hands, I'd be like, nah. <laughs> I just thought that would have been so cute. Nah. Just cheesy enough for a decom. Oh. It shows us exactly what's going on. No, you maintain your integrity under wraps. They just went back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess to some degree. Oh my God. But yeah, that's. The um, movie. But we don't know what happens to Harold after that because, like, I'm assuming the museum employees find him and they're just like, oh my God, let's add this to the exhibit. Yeah. And he stays there forever, but we just don't we'll know. find out in Under Wraps 2, baby. We'll find out. You think Under Wraps 2 is going to pick up from there? I do. Or is it just going to be a whole... No, I think it's going to pick up. Like, I think the first Under Wraps... Oh, wait, Under Wraps 2. Yes. Like, their meant, remake uh, will be just a remake of re- this, yeah. but 2 will be... Of yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Um, true, true, true. Yeah. Fact. I Also, I now my prediction is well. with Under Wraps 2, if... 
the reboot ends the way this one does with the amulet being given to Marshall. He's going to like use the amulet oh, to bring you, him back. Yeah. That's my prediction, but to do something. I don't right. know. We'll see. Absolutely. I could definitely see that. But happening. I have a question for you. I've had a lot of questions in this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Why does Mr. Kubot want Harold to turn to dust? I don't know. Cause he apparently wants to sell I him feel for like- money. So I'm like, It'd be advantageous. You need him. Yes. Yeah. You need him intact. They should all be on the same team with this. Um, I had that thought as well. And I'm like, there's no reason why you should be preventing this. Because you're talking about him fetching a fa- like a really great price. But you're going to have a pile of dust. So. It made no sense. I had that exact same thought. <laughs> like, that made no sense to me either. Yeah. Oh, but I also wanted to mention that um, right after, I think the next day or some sometime later, Marshall is cleaning up his room. He's packing up all his Halloween decor, mm. all his scary movie decor. I guess this signifies him growing up a little bit, but I'm like, he could have kept all that stuff and still be a grown up. Like, it was cool. Um, but anyway, his mom comes up to his room and he lets her know that, you know, recently he's learned that if two people really want to be together and they love each other, they should be together. So he tells his mom that she should marry Ted. Um, I love that. You should lighten up and stop trying to be so nice yes. all the time. I appreciate I know, it was that. A really sweet moment. Yeah. Sweet. I, I think Marshall, even when he's like in his feelings about it, he's never like, don't date mom. He just is like, I don't yeah, really want to be like, around mm. Ted, which I think is fair. Right. I think yeah. he handled it very maturely. And like, as a child of a single parent, I always love when like kids want their parents to ultimately be happy because that's how I've always felt. Yeah. Um, and I also do love yeah. the mom in this movie, probably one of the better Disney Channel moms or parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, the bar is subterranean so low. but <laughs> she consistently is asking marshall how he feels about ted like how is he doing yeah and i think that's so mm-hmm. important like realistically you need to make sure that your kid is comfortable with your relationship in order to move forward with it so i appreciate Facts. that and although like marshall you know he did clam up he wasn't really being forthcoming with his real feelings she was always checking in she never gave up on it so yeah i did so like I appreciate that too that. yeah she's a she's a good mom yeah, she is a good mom. Very oblivious to her son's spending, but, you know, other than that, <laughs> yeah. They must be rich. I don't know. I'm saying. I don't know. But um, the kids are headed to a movie after this, like that same day, and uh, Marshall finds out that Amy's also coming to the movie, and he starts, yes. like, so fussing about... Yeah, he's, like, fussing about his clothes and looking nice and getting ready. He puts gel in his hair. Not a good And then it he opens the bad. door... <laughs> He, I'm like, who, who are you? Are you like from The Godfather? Fun fact. Stop, stop When this. Silas was around that age, around this era, he also used to wear his hair like that. That's my white husband, y'all. Like he used to slick back his hair with gel. What? That's yeah. so, that's yeah. shameful. I know. I make fun <laughs> of him all the time. Like whenever I have a chance, I make fun of him for it. <laughs> he looked like an Italian mob boss. He looked like Marshall. Wow. <laughs> that's, uh, that's hilarious but I would Amy, love to see Silas with like slick back hair now I oh my god <laughs> I'll try to make him dress just up for like a Halloween costume yeah, yeah I was gonna Halloween say costume. that but I, I'll look to see if I can find a photo on his album of when he was younger and did it and send it to you <laughs> but, I must see it Gilbert is so weirded out by Marshall's reaction because he's like, oh my God, Amy's coming. I got to clean my room. Oh yes. my God, I got to like do my hair. And he's just mm-hmm. like scrambling around. But then Amy's down there. And Gilbert's like, what the hell, bro? What's yeah. And she's wearing like the frumpiest dress. 
Like, who put mm-hmm. that twelve-year-old in that dress? I have no clue. Her hair looks really pretty. She looks. She's gorgeous hair in yeah. that way. Yeah. yeah, but the dress. Um, it was wild. And Marshall says he calls her out. Nice dress. And we think for a second it's going to be like this little romantic moment that might turn into like a awkward friend date thing. But then he immediately says, I think my grandmother was buried in one just like that. (laughs) (laughs) That was a sick burn because it was accurate. (laughs) He really got her. He really did. That is a zing, zing, wing-a-ding ding. I remember what. What she says back to me. Oh, she's like, oh, new hair, new hairstyle. They go for the goods on it. I'm like, yes and yes. Mm. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, Yeah, but then Gilbert's really Gilbert's like, oh, thank God, because he felt like the sexual tension dissolve immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was like, I thought something weird was going on there for a second. Exactly, but yeah, that's under wraps. 1997. There's that. Oh, we gotta rank it. We gotta rank it. We sure do. <sighs> right now we've got the number one spot is Wish Upon a Star. Mm-hmm. Number two is the Paper Brigade. The Paper Brigade. And number three is Suzy Q. Yep. Personally, for me, I feel like under wraps. I'm going to go ahead and say it's number two. Same. I still love Wish Upon a Star yes. more. Yes. So I would say it's number two. Yeah. I'm with you 100%. So. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, like, it's interesting because I prefer, I think Wish Upon a Star is preferable to me personally, but in Mm -hmm. the classic DCOM zeitgeist, I think that Under Wraps is more like a perfect DCOM formulaic film, if that makes sense. Yeah. But- Like the composition of the movie. Yes. But Wish Upon a Star is so fucking weird. Like, my girl shows up as a full leather mama to high school. Yeah. And does like a striptease dance on the cafeteria tables. That's <laughs> it's iconic. That's wild. Just iconic. Absolutely. Ooh. And then these no parenting parents who think they're geniuses. Oh like, my God. Uh, like it's just, it's all bonkers. The kids are literally parenting themselves and the parents are going to write a book about it. <laughs> Truly. The one sentence book. Stop parenting. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all right perfect so we've got under wraps 1997 in our number two spot i'm excited to see what this remake has for in store for us i'm a little i'm a little cautiously optimistic but i mean i'm also kind of hyped i'm kind of hyped okay. i mean i'm curious i'm definitely curious we're kind of jumping in hard to like newer decoms because I think yeah, the this newest. Was re- this was yeah. This was like the unwrapped two. It was like twenty twenty one. I think twenty twenty two or twenty twenty two. Yeah, oh, like twenty twenty two within the past mm-hmm. couple of years. But like the most recent decom I've seen, and it stands alone. I haven't seen years before or years after. Is Teen Beach Movie and Teen Beach Movie Two. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. Like I haven't. What about zombies? Did no, zombies come after that? I did, but I haven't seen it. Zombies is good. I'm really excited for it, actually, but I'm trying to wait so oh, I can yeah. do like a first experience with right. it. But I am extremely Best. excited for that one. I also just love the kid but who yeah. plays, um, I think Zed or Zeke or whatever his name is. Oh, yeah. The main guy. Yeah. I yeah. think he's just like adorable. And I watched him in a TV show. He um, is. School Spirits. He's a cute guy. Yeah. So. Oh, he was like a ghost in that movie? Mm-hmm. Like a high school ghost? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. 
I like that. Okay. It's a cute TV show. I hated it for a while, but it grew on me. Like otherworldly beings seem to be his yeah his genre. He feels like Zombies, he's ghosts. of What's another next? time or being. Oh, as the ghost? Yeah, because as the ghost, he's from the 80s. Oh, cool 80s ghost. He's like I an like 80s that. jock with like a heart of gold type. Oh, yeah. precious. It's like Archie. Archie Andrews. Oh, yeah. Except, I mean, Archie is from now on the show on Riverdale. Um, But yeah, we are jumping quite far into the land of DCOM. So yep. it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what this brand new, brand spanking new movie, especially Under Wraps 2. Yeah. That one's like, hello, hello. I haven't seen any of the DCOMs that are around that one either, so... Um, I don't know what these decoms be doing these days. Yeah, I have like, <coughs> excuse me, a full list. I don't know what the latest one to come out is. It might be Slumber Party or Sleepover. I think it's, I think it's the the Pact or something. The no, I think the Sleepover one the, came after that. But I know you're talking about the Pact. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Prom Pact. Oh, my AirPod. And then Sleepover Prom Slumber Pact. Party isn't on my list because when I wrote the list, it hadn't come out yet. Oh. Um, but that one, oh. I watched a trailer for it because I like Silas, will you watch this one with me? And he's like, I actually will watch it. It's like a pre- The Slumber Party Yeah, one? it's like a pre-teen girl hangover where like they do some seance where all their memories are white, but they've had like this crazy night at the slumber party. It's exactly the hangover oh for like kids. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, so I'm super <laughs> excited about that one. But um, yeah, so we have Under Wraps so 2021 is when the first of the remake came out. And then Under Wraps um, 2, which was 2022. And then, ooh, your all-time fave, Crystal. Can you guess it? Can you guess it? My all-time fave? Okay, I was being sarcastic. It's like your least favorite. It's going oh, straight to the bottom. Dog. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like honestly, I wish I'd saved you my know notes what? from before so we didn't have to rewatch this. What if we do this? Okay, because I want us by the time we come out with these episodes to have a Patreon. What if we say we're not doing you lucky dog until we have five hundred subscribers to our Patreon? <laughs> yeah, I okay. think that's fair. I like because that. Honestly, that movie is let's skip the right worst. over that bitch. Yeah, it's so bad. It makes it was so painful no that first sense. time. I can't do it again. I know. And that was just a couple, like a year or so ago. I know. I know. Yeah. Don't, don't do this to me. Okay. okay. So we'll skip it. Dear listener, if you want us to review it, which I'm sure will be funny because we, the vitriol we have towards this film is unparalleled. (laughs) Help us to get the 500 subscribers on Patreon. Um, (sighs) We'll start inserting. It's so sad because I mean, you know, goals, obviously let's get to 500 for sure. But Damn. (laughs) Not us rewarding ourselves with this torture. We're rewarding you, dear listener, for believing in us and supporting <laughs> us. So, Facts, facts. It's worth Oof, it. Yeah. It's worth it for but the, the listeners. That's true. Better us to do it then than to just do it now. So. Yeah. So after. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this is much better. After we do the Under Wraps trilogy, I'll call it from now on, mm-hmm. we're moving on to mm-hmm. actually one of my favorites, Brink. Oh my god, me too. I love Brink. Yeah. Oh. 
oh, it still hurts me every time. Um, Gabriella when she falls uh, and like wait, is her name gets Gabriella? the road rash. Yeah, yeah. with the set. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, There's some things from childhood right that like you just don't forget, and that includes the road Literally. rash scene. It it will never leave never. me ever. ever. And just the look of the bully's face, like he just looked Val. like he looked like if someone, yeah, he looked like literally, he looked like he accosted a witch and she transformed him from like a snake into a human or something. Like his face is just like, Ugh. Crystal, what Ugh. a description! You look like a witch and she turned him from a snake into a man. That's what he looks like. He looks like he used to be a snake, like an actual snake. Yeah. That's what his face looks like to me. It's all like scrunched in and just like, ooh, I'm Val. Oh, skate for our sponsor team. Uh-huh. Team X Blades. Oh. X. <laughs> X Blades. Yeah. I, I, oh my God. I'm excited. I don't want to get into that, but I want you to watch it through this lens when we do get to Brink. I feel like Val mm. has a thing for Brink sexually. Sexually. Oh. Because he is thirsty for him. He is obsessed. He is. He's obsessed. In a with weird him. way. Not in a weird way, but I mean in a way that doesn't make yeah. sense if it's not like somewhat fueled by a crush. Yeah. Because the brink literally does nothing to him. He's just trying to like make ends. Meet. And he like and he's just all about it. He goes him. from like hating him to like wanting him on the team, and I'm like, eh, mm-hmm. I see what you're doing. Like, who are you trying to fool? Not me. Not us. <laughs> <laughs> awesome uh, well i think my food delivery just got here so Wonderful. we can hell yeah under wrap it up oh yeah. wow that was so Thank good <laughs> <laughs> you're giving the listeners what they want that was it That's right there so That's generous but thank you <laughs> All right. Alrighty. Well, enjoy your dinner. This was fun. Yes. Well, well that is it for under wraps. Yeah, yes. And then I will do and until... the remake. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes. All right. Well. All right. Until next same time. Same bat time. Same bat place, listener. Bye. Yep. Yep. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Bomb Decom. You can follow us all over the internet on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all at the Bomb Decom and at our website at thebombdecom.com. You can also email us at thebombdecom at gmail.com. We release new episodes every Wednesday, so you better find your ass back here next week. This show was created, produced, and hosted by us, Bethany Birdhill and Crystal Innes, and edited by me, Crystal. Our theme music credit also goes to DJ Quads. Thank you, DJ Quads, for the excellent music. You can find them on YouTube. And we will see you next time, baby. Bye.